Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. Streaming services are on the rise, and -and brick-and-mortar video stores are a thing of the past. We have lost that experience of wandering the aisles and stumbling upon a film we've never heard of. We have replaced the familiar face behind the video store counter with an algorithm to recommend films. With more and more content available, it's harder to know what's worth watching and what might be a waste of your time. 
There are many hidden gems out there waiting to be discovered, and we want to help you find them. This is Trailer Rewind, a podcast where we discuss and review recently forgotten or overlooked films that are now available to stream at home. In today's episode, we are going to discuss Tesla. Is nature a gigantic cat? And if so, who strokes its back? May I introduce the brilliant Nikola Tesla, the greatest inventor of the age. If you Google Nikola Tesla, you get 34 million results. It's basically just four pictures. Beyond that, things get murky and more imaginative. Thomas Alva Edison. Got a light? Oh, Tesla. Didn't see you there before. I now have the pleasure of introducing you to a novel system of energy. Alternate currents. Today is March 2nd, 2021, and Tesla is available to stream on Hulu. And JJ, we are back with another season of Trailer Rewind. It is great to see you, my fine young man. It's great to be back, and I will say that also Tesla is available on Amazon Prime. Oh, is it also? For those of us that do not have the Hulu. So yes. is it it's streaming on there, or did you have to rent it on Amazon Prime? Yes. Oh, no, you're right. I did have yes. to rent it, didn't I? You, yeah, you paid money for this. Right. Again. Okay, so it's it's Amazon Prime and Voodoo. Yes, you can yeah, rent it. You're right. You can rent it, but for those that are subscribers, yes. they can they can get it's it there. For free on Hulu. Well, or for subscribers. Right? For subscribers too. Well, that's what's interesting is yep. we're we're here now dealing with sort of the I guess the fallout of 2020. Because normally we talk about the path that a film took <laughs> from theater to home theater. This one, you right. know, the, the whole distribution model has shifted. Uh, August 21st, 2020, Tesla was a day and date release for theaters and streaming platforms. So hmm. day and date is one of these phrases that to me doesn't make sense because a day is a date. I don't no. know it, but I mean, it, it means basically right. it's hitting multiple sources at the same time. So you could go to the theater, you could see it on your streaming platforms and then February 2nd, 2021, it became available on Blu-ray disc for those that are very attached to their oh. physical media. To yes, physical exactly. media, yeah. So there's not a lot of box office information mm. out there, uh, and it, it's just no. really challenging to talk about the, the path, because typically we look at, oh, was, did this have a legitimate release? Then that gives movies a little bit more credibility if they had that theatrical release um, versus going straight to streaming, but... Now, I think things were getting thrown in theaters to see what would stick, all of those those things. So, uh, yeah, that's a lot of what it is. It feels very it, experimental. It, it does. And I'm th- with the day and date release, I'm surprised to see that there are things still going out to physical media. But I know that there are some people that that's their preferred uh, method of watching. Actually, um, since it's March 2021 we can talk about the fact that just recently in your feeds there is a an episode that andy and i recorded uh talking about uh licensing Mm. and ownership and digital and streaming and all those legal issues oh my so if you're interested in that gonna (laughs) put a little plug in for that special episode that andy and i uh did uh but we're we're here to talk about tesla now now, Tesla. JJ, this was a film that it was directed by Michael. Yes. I'm going to mess up his name as I always do. Michael Almareda. We talked about his 2015 yes. film Experimenter, and I know you remember. You remember, remember Experimenter, that. right? 
I mean, that was the whole Stanley Milgram experiment, all of that. Knowing that that's the same director, did you see any similarities between Tesla and Experimental? You know, I didn't when I was watching it. I didn't, I couldn't tell right away. And I, you know, I didn't find out that you had told me before or, or had let me know that it was this director. I can draw similarities now knowing that they're similar, but this was definitely a different film than Experimenter. There is the historical aspect of it, but I think this is, this is boosting up to another level for. Well, I, I did notice some stylistic things and I, I remember we commented on this in talking about the experiment there would be scenes where our actors would be there in front of like uh, a projected background uh as i recall an experiment there I right. think there was a dinner scene where where husband and wife were at a dinner table and they're in a larger house but they're clearly not on the set we saw a lot of that here in tesla typically with uh wilderness you know mm-hmm. frontier landscapes there's you know tesla interacting with with some horses out there in <laughs> in colorado yeah. uh yeah more f- focused on the 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 word that i'm going to use when we talked about this in more depth is the novelty aspect of what you're talking about so experimenter was a little bit more um focused on the narrative um of the story where this one really seemed to pull in a lot of different elements of novelty to assist in whatever sort of thing uh, Almereda was trying to get across. Well, I guess, you know, without getting into spoilers, and, you know, I don't know that there's a way to right. spoil this movie that much. Um, but, no. but stylistically, what are those things that, you know, stood out? Because this is a film that I, I felt tried, tried a lot of things, and there are some sequences that work, and there's some that I think are, are a miss. But what was it for you that sort of these, you know, innovations or experiments that he was, you know, trying to do as a filmmaker that, that stood out to you? Well, you talk about that projected background, and I think that that is maybe the the plainest example of how I'm going to describe it here. But the film really feels like it's a stage show uh, put on screen. And we get that in sort of a a number of different uh, breaking fourth wall pieces um, and a bunch of other things that are very, you know, the word I would use is experimental in trying to get across a mood rather than um, the story in and of itself. So it, um, yeah, I agree. It's really difficult to spoil this movie, but I would say um, if if you like that sort of thing, if you like um, some risks taken in the way that storytelling is done that um, resemble the kind of things that you would get in terms of the creativity that you would see on a stage show, then that's really what this movie is going to deliver. And we're going to get into talk about what the specific things are later, but it's it's jarring in some cases, and I feel like that's maybe on purpose in the name of the art. So the as you mentioned, sort of like a stage production for me, it felt in some ways like a documentary in some ways in terms of not necessarily oh. having a narrative story to tell, but present us with a series of scenes and sequences that tell us about this this character. And for me, I think that's right. I think the key piece of I guess experimentation with this that I would want people to know before jumping into this is that if you're expecting a traditional biopic with, Oh, here, here's this guy and he's, you know, here, here's the lows of his life and here's the high points of his life and, and all of those pieces. And there's a nice linear trajectory of his success and failures. That's not (laughs) this movie. Uh, It's, it's very much more fragmented. I think, yes, theatrical is, is definitely one word 
uh, that I would use to describe it. This is far more Vox Lux <laughs> than what you were describing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Another throwback to last year. There we go. Yes, exactly. Yeah, there I, you go. I agree. That it has a theatrical presentation to it that, that is more about the characters uh, than necessarily about the story. So g- given that, because yeah. uh, there, there's a, you know, we can talk a, a lot about this and uh, as I said, there's not a lot of spoilers, but I think talking about where it stands in our ratings and rankings may give people a, a good sense. I think that's, sure. that's really all that we can say about it for delving into it, because once we start talking about pieces, I feel like we're going to be all over the place uh, with, with this movie. Yeah, so I think so too. What was with your ranking and rating that you use? Um, where did this film fall for you? Well, I, I want to start with the okay. the ranking of it, um, or not, actually the rating of it, because um, I had a very it, it, it was a kind of an odd experience watching this movie. Um, it uh, I I got distracted at yes. times from what I thought I was watching, and something new would come up and hit me. And I think when we start to get into what those things are, as we talk about in the show, I think I think it'll make more sense. But I was when I was with the story early on, I was thinking that this movie was was high enough that i was going to put it in like a three and a half in yeah. terms of stars uh, uh, rating for me but i would say some of the stuff that happens in that theatrical presentation like you talk about really sort of confused me and so i end up I ended up with like right in the middle as a 2.5 because i wanted to honor the things the artful things that that it did that i that i enjoyed but then i was just so confused by some of the other things there that i put it right in the middle and because of that because of the direction it took me i actually put it that like three and a half and i'm not like, so wait so you end two and a half or three and a half okay oh, sorry two and a half two, <laughs> two and, and a half, half and, and i'm not, like, not sorry like. yeah yeah so that was did, what I was uh, did you throw this right. into your flick chart at all to do a ranking okay i did i did and it ended up yeah. pretty low and i actually when you told me that it was uh, by um radar i went and saw where uh experimenter was experimenter actually was pretty high for me so when we start talking about those artful things that elmer does as a filmmaker and how it's woven into the story i really liked what those some of those things were in experimenter but this ended up pretty low because i got confused most of the time so it it dropped down it's at 178 um out of for me i have a little bit 247 so that's actually pretty low for me but the interesting place is where it ends up and i think it, it it's going to be in the in the world of the next reel it's going to have a very interesting <laughs> place it is just below the okay. congress all right yes. talk about confusing and just above hillbilly <laughs> elegy so um yeah so that gives you a sense of what feelings i had when i came to the film and that's and that's very low that says i should even be ranking it with less stars but again i wanted to honor the things that i liked about it yeah early I, on in the i'm film. really pretty much about the same place i came in at two two and a half stars i i felt that it, it did start off stronger as well there was some really interesting and engaging elements that were coming together and yeah my attention wandered um I don't know if I was confused or if I was just adrift in a, in a you know sequence of scenes with characters, but it was really hard to sure. to pull me all the way through to the end. So yeah, I, I ended up with two and a half stars. It ended up low. It ended up at five hundred one out of six ninety five, which is really low near the bottom. It ends up in a really weird place. Um, it's just below Halloween, mm-hmm. the original Halloween, which I just watched this past you okay. know Halloween. Um, yeah. I was surprised that like how nothing happens for the vast majority of that film. Uh, and it's the last like 10 or 15 minutes and everything else. I was just, our sensibilities have changed when it comes to, to horror films. And it's just above 
Uh, this other small little forgettable film called The Young and Prodigious T.S. Spivet. It's an adaptation of like a, it's oh, like an adaptation of like a young adult novel of this kid who leaves home. He's he's one of these brilliant kids and he's going to be this inventor. And it's an interesting book. The story just couldn't capture the the whimsy and the fancifulness of that. And it ended up being just this forgettable. Okay, I, I remember watching it vaguely. And I think that's where, unfortunately, I think Tesla is going to be for me is a film that six months from now, I'll, I'll remember a couple of things and then I'll say, I don't remember anything else. There'll be two or three things I can count on my fingers of that, well, I will, that are seared into my brain that I will never forget. And that's it. I'm going to remember the shocking things that I didn't like far more than the interesting yes. things I did like. And I I see, too, with the number that you said, that 501 out of 695, that it was reporting 28% yes. for you. My number oh, is really? exactly the same, at okay. 178 out of 247. So we actually, it sounds like we had very similar feelings about the and, movie And uh, over on Letterboxd, it has a weighted average review of 2.8 out of 5, uh, based on just 5,000 reviews. So okay. it, it's one that... Yeah, it's right there under under three stars, which is where we put it. Um, so, listeners, if you think this is your kind of film, you don't want anything spoiled. You want to go walk, walk into something that's maybe a little experimental and innovative to its strengths or weaknesses. This is your chance to pause the podcast and go check out Tesla on Hulu. Okay, JJ, we can we can get into we can get into Tesla yeah. here. Where do, where All do right. we start? Do we start with the the things that are seared into my mind from near the very end of the film. Do we start with it being on track at the well, beginning? The very end is such a big deal. So uh, I think maybe the first thing to talk about is how much I was yeah. getting into it a little bit when we were even before we started talking about spoilers. But there's so many there's a few times where they say this never right. happened or they say what you're witnessing on screen is not real and it's sometimes you can see it's an exaggeration and it makes sense but what do you think about in terms of telling a historical story with things that are not actually part of the story what, what how did that affect you how did you feel when um was it well it, let's talk about the first one so the 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 ice cream cone fight scene when edison and tesla smash ice cream cones into each other that time doing this fake thing was for an effect to dis to i guess detail to the viewer how the negativity is between these two men is going to continue because they couldn't do it with any sort of sense of reality is that your impression of that event and is that what they're doing with all of these unreal suggestions throughout the film that's a really interesting question because when i think about a movie that's calling attention to the fact that it's showing us things that didn't really happen and having characters tell us that there's two other movies that come to mind and the the first one is okay. uh michael winterbottom michael winterbottom's film 24-hour party people and there's a scene at a nightclub mm, this is um it's set in the early 80s it's about like the alternative music scene like new order happy mondays all that mm. there's a scene in a nightclub in a bathroom yeah. um where our main character has a confrontation because his wife is having sex with another guy in the bathroom stall and as they have the argument and they leave wow. they the camera pans past and then the actual man who was there because it says the real you know so and so and he he basically says i don't remember this happening at all so you've got you've got a character yeah. who, who and again because it's a true story you've got the actual person there saying i you know 
this I don't recall this happening. And then I also think of Itania. There's that. That's what I was right. going to go to right away. Because in Itania, they do it in a really interesting right. way where they take. But what they're doing in that is they do it with suggested yes. stories, right? Or reported stories. And they portray the reported stories and then they portray the a different character a lot of times tanya harding herself right they portray her version saying this didn't happen yes. or in or or one of the other people so that seems like to be at least rooted in some sort of source material that makes sense right. where what we have here with the ice cream cone fight is it feels like it's done for some sort of poetic purpose right. about what they want to tell us throughout the rest of the story did you feel that way yeah, I, well, I don't even know if I want to give them credit for that. It, it, for me, it was it was it was early on <laughs> enough in the movie that it's it's quirky. It's it seems appropriate for the era because they've got you know people had ice cream back then. I'm you know in the ice cream cones, and it seems like something that oh a bunch of you know men you know lounging around in an afternoon after they've worked might have had some ice cream. So it makes sense that they might you know in an argument do that to say that that you know didn't happen or we're you know pretty sure that's not how it happened it's not like an apocryphal tale that you know people have heard of or it's not something that is common knowledge or it's not something that the fight between edison and tesla is something that people have a lot of uh familiarity with uh so for me or direct, direct or memory, direct memory of it. Right. so yes. for them to do that throughout this uh i don't know what the reason for that is because so yeah. if you're not going right. to assume a right. poetic or story right. purpose to that, then I'm going to bring up a part mm -hmm. later in the movie. And I want what did you think about the cell phone? <laughs> yeah, yes. Do, do I you know, know what I'm talking exactly about? What you're talking about. Okay. So, but okay. I had to rewind yes. it. Because, and I'll say for the audience, so if you're listening to this podcast right now, they describe a scene where at the Chicago World's Fair, Edison and Tesla sit down and they reconcile and they talk about what amazing things they could do together if they would just work together. And then Edison stands up, he goes to the bar, he orders a Coke, he's lighting up a smoke, he declines a glass, he drinks directly from the bottle, and then he whips out a cell phone and starts yes. swiping. <laughs> I so I had to rewind yes. it. I stopped it and was like, "Why does Edison have like a smartphone that? that he's just scrolling? You know, yes, through Instagram or something." Yeah, well, it was not a cell phone. Sorry, right. it's a smartphone. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I should I should be yes. clear. It's a smartphone. So, it, and so, and it, they don't they do draw no, no attention to it. There is no narrative. There's no inter, there's no fourth wall interruption about it. There is anything. So the only thing I can think of is some sort of poetic service to the story of saying that if they would have reconciled these brilliant inventors, these titans of electricity, could have thought of something as cool as the smartphone and Edison would be drinking his Coke and swiping away at the bar years before it's time. Is I that what they're saying? Because so. for me, I was just like, wait because a it's, second. Because as I recall, yeah. Edison's right. on Tinder? How does this <laughs> because work? Because that's the point where Edison like apologizes to Tesla and says, you were right. And then then our right. narrator says, you, yes. Edison never apologized. This this didn't happen. So so yeah, the right. question is, why give yes. us those scenes? Is there is there some something about the character? Why give us something and then pull it away and say this didn't happen? Why give us anachronistic scenes of 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 you know Edison scrolling through a smartphone? Uh, and I thought, what is it trying to get at? And the only thing I could think of was that we're we're given a story in you know the year 2021 about something that happened 
about a hundred years ago. And so things are so different. So right. isn't it an attempt to say, well, nowadays, this is what Edison would, would do. This is what a person would normally do is you've just had a fight with somebody and, and it doesn't, really? you know, I'm not even going to think about him and I'm just going to go. Th- that's, that's what I took away. Cause I could, I couldn't oh, find anything. That's so much less smart than the jokey, the stretch that <laughs> no, I just I, gave I, it. <laughs> like if they're just doing that, like what well, the heck that's the, then why aren't there Starbucks coffee cups uh, yeah, everywhere? I, you know I mean? Like I if it's well, just okay, like, so let's, so let's get back to know. the ice cream cone fight because what happens, what happens right okay, after yes. that is, and it will, we'll drop the, the scene here for audience members listening. Cause it's, it's something that's in the trailer as I recall, and it caught my eye in the trailer, but uh, just, just take a listen to this. This is, pretty surely not how it happened but what can i tell you if you google nikola tesla you get 34 million results but for images they're mostly just three or four photographs repeated over and over they get flipped around some are colorized or photoshopped with lightning in the background but it's basically just four pictures beyond that things get murky and more imaginative After the ice cream fight where we're told it probably didn't happen, we get this interruption from our narrator that is breaking the fourth wall, talking directly to us. And it's not enough that it's breaking the fourth wall. We're breaking all kinds of rules because it's the character of of Anne who is a character in the narrative, but she's on a laptop talking about if you Google Tesla. So she's trying. So this is where the exactly. documentary piece for me starts to come in because it's giving us information. It's telling us there's really only about four pictures of Tesla that are out there. Anything beyond that, she says, things get more murky and more imaginative. And I'm wondering if that is what's driving the rest of the film is we don't know that much. So we're in this murky and imaginative story about this man, Nikola Tesla. I understand your uh your comparison to right. documentary but if we evaluate this film as a documentary it is quite simply the strangest oh, documentary no, I agree. ever it's not a documentary but i feel like it's using that it's a documentary yeah, style, style of sure. it's not always the straight it's not always a linear story that builds on itself sometimes there's pieces that are missing and we jump from one moment in time to another key moment in the character's life where we're, we're moving back and forward sure. in time uh, rather than right. A, then B, then C. It's it's almost more it's okay, more journalistic yes, yes. than it is a, a film. But so I I like what you're saying with this and and why you bring this up. So in the audio clip, she says, you know, uh, beyond that, things get more murky and imaginative. So she's introducing us to the fact that we're making it up. But before mm-hmm. this scene, we have a scene at the same table that is the first the first scene right. of the movie, which actually is probably my favorite scene where. Edison, uh, Tesla's just coming onto the job. Edison is telling this elaborate, creepy story about a time when he was a child. I think he was oh, five yes. years yeah. old, and he went swimming with his pal. And 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 he and he tells the story in a way that he goes swimming with the pal, and then he he leaves and he goes home. And then he finds later out that the pal never came back, that his friend never came back. And he just tells his mom a story about, well, I saw him go into the water and then he didn't. And then, you know, I just assume that people can swim or they have to be able to swim. And then this whole thing is introducing Tesla to the group. And literally, it's like he's telling, 
I murdered someone at five years old, so welcome. I'm going to murder you too. But my point that my point about the whole thing is it's very intensely done. It's very beautifully shot mm-hmm. in this low light yeah. candlelit table as they're they're waiting for the electricity turned back on, which again sets up the movie in a very wonderful way based on their inventions. And it's really intense. The camera, the perspective of the cameras is great. The focus and the switching of focus, like I loved all that stuff. That's why I was at a three point five when the movie started. But you get to this thing, and I want to go back to the audio clip. If the ice cream's right. not real, then the swimming story's not real either. These things are all told in service of the mood that they want to in, infer upon us, as opposed to a sort of documentary style about what the real lives of Edison and Tesla were. Yes. Right? I think you're you're right on with that because okay. I agree that was a powerful story. I have no idea if Edison ever told that story. If that is something that happened to him, it can't but, be. I mean, can't. for me, it's set up thematically of. To me, Edison was saying, look, I, I, for me, it wasn't a confession of murder so much as, hey, I, I went swimming with my friend and he says I, he went home sort of forlorn or I can't remember the exact phrasing and despondent or something. And then he went to bed and then his parents came in yeah. and he, he said, oh, well, yeah, I just, you know, I just assumed he could swim. And then Tesla says, I can swim. And for me, that was Edison say, after yeah. asking Edison asks a bunch right. of other questions that Tesla decides not to answer. And instead, he just says, I can swim. I think it's Edison saying, look, I move fast and I'm going to assume you can keep up with me. And if you can't keep up with me, you know, I have no use. Yeah, I, I'm a murderer. I, have, I have no use for you. You're, you're <laughs> you know, you're useless to me. And so right. for Tesla to say, well, I can swim. It's I can keep up with you. I can play this game with you. And for me, yes, it works that way. And the, yeah, early on, I thought this is. This is great. There's some there's some good writing going on here. But then, yeah, as we get further along and we're calling into question the validity or the veracity of anything that we're being presented, I thought, well, if 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 that's fabricated and that's fabricated, then that great scene is fabricated and it just undermines the power of of anything going on. And I was really disappointed. It hollowed out the movie for me so much because I I we don't have a narrative structure that's going to get me to build any affinity or connection with Tesla and his personal struggle. He's set off as a very distant character. There's, there's no characters to identify with because we don't right. see them really go through anything at all. We see, see scenes. Well, that's why I bring up Vox Lux. Okay. Right. I mean, really, I think about what we what we saw in Vox Lux and it's told in these sort of these sort of three three uh, movements in or two movements in in Vox Lux. And this idea that really it's it's really meant to be sort of like an interpretive poem about what's happening here. And when they pull out the veracity and instead they're telling us these details that are trying to put us in a place as a viewer to watch this thing, I feel like um that was their intent in doing this is is this some sort of subjective idea of the rivalry mm-hmm. between Edison and Tesla and the life of mm-hmm. Tesla as he goes on. The interesting thing is the way that they told that is filled with right. novelty. And I use that word a lot on our shows. Andy uh, Andy Nelson actually asked me, you know, sort of like to describe novelty more. And for me, it's like anything that is extra narrative of the story. And so you like you feel like the stuff in Scott Pilgrim right. versus the oh, world, yeah. right, where you get you get sort of effects and all these things and, and on the side of thing or you think of like similar to this in the historical documentary style you have when we did the five mm-hmm. bloods for the film board where spike lee at the beginning of the movie he gave us things right. that were not part of the story narrative at all to mm-hmm. to really root us in history for what was happening there so sometimes it can be done really well 
One of my favorite films like that is uh, Run, Lola, Run, where they break up things with some novelty here. The interesting thing, thing about how it's presented in Tesla is that it isn't done in a specific way. It doesn't feel like it's done in a specific way or for a specific purpose. So we end up getting a little bit confused at why we have a narrator that chimes in at specific times and then and we don't know how it is in service to the story whether it's being told in truth or not and then of course i'm not sure if you're ready to talk about this yet but then of course we have karaoke (laughs) yes okay yeah we we have to talk about that because i was watching it my my wife was in the room sort of half watching because she's you know ethan hawk is a you know it's somebody that we grew up with you know cinematically you know so yeah you know wonderfully yes, versatile te- actor Tesla's an interesting, like tons Tesla's of different an interesting stuff. man to see his story and so we get to that point and she just looks up and she's like what is going on what what right ethan hawk in is he a character, character? nikola that, that, that's tesla, tesla well he sings with a partially <laughs> okay, austrian accent right. so um yeah, so in character singing right. with a mic which like, maybe is speaking to again electricity right. as an innovation with a a, a green screen dish right. background of of varying colors which we use throughout the film too to everybody rules the world right. by tears for fears <laughs> which it is one of the greatest WTF <laughs> moments that I've ever seen on film. I mean, the, the song choice like, makes sense, though, in terms of the story. Oh, right. yeah. Again, exactly. again, right. in service to the story. Right. Like, it, it's yeah. not crazy. It's actually an interesting idea right. for a song cue there. But what is happening? I don't know, because where, where are what? we? Right. They and don't explain the, it. And it's not it, right. Right. We're nowhere. What We're in nowhere's we? land. So maybe... <laughs> Are, are they doing something like, like Dogville, yeah. right? Where like you take us completely out of the narrative story to tell it as if again mm-hmm. a stage show. The way I feel, or uh, yeah, who knows? It's so yeah. confusing. No, it's, it, it does makes because no we we haven't everywhere else. We've been grounded in the story in an actual setting. There, even and our narrate right, right. or the his, history, his, his, right. His, or right. it's catching it's us up in history. history. So, you know, well, even Anne as the narrator, when she has her moments with her laptop and Google and projector and all that, she's in like Tesla's lab. So it's not like she's in some weird right. unknown space. We're always someplace, you know, historically, whether it's in Colorado or, you know, Menlo Park, or we're in these different places that we could say, oh, it's this physical location and time. That's where we are. When Tesla's singing, I don't know. Yep if he's supposed to be in a karaoke bar and it's like the smartphone type thing, if we're in his head of he's just, you know, this is representing his thoughts and, you know, anxieties about, you know, the struggles and what he's the life lessons he's learned. I, I don't know what to make of it. And that's, the most challenging thing with it, right? Well, you didn't, you were even, you weren't even sure if it was well, Tesla yes, or Ethan exactly, Hawke because I mean, that's it, the it thing. It could totally like, be Ethan Hawke just saying, let me sing this song as Tesla to wrap this movie right. up. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. It definitely could be. I don't fault you for that. Like, I just, I, I was so confused that I, you could say right. anything. You could say this is Ethan Hawke, you know, reprising Reality Bites right now for us. And I would probably go, oh, that, there's a, there's a service to the story. I don't know. Cause it's so darn confusing. Right. It would have pushed yeah. credibility and credulity of the film if we had him walk into a karaoke bar in, you know, the 1920s or whatever. But at least right. we would know we were there and we could say, oh, it's an anachronistic thing that they're doing once again. Yeah, it's, it is it right. is really the most, at that point, 
Um, well, I guess if you, you, you start strong with some story things, you go off who knows where along the way, you might as well just shoot the moon there at the end and just go for whatever you want because there's nothing Boy, that, they. that they could have done at that point that was going to make this a satisfying movie for me because like you, I had been, I was so lost and disoriented and afloat. I wasn't, you know, I, I know enough about Tesla to say, okay, these are familiar points that, you know, I've, I've learned in just reading about him or watching other documentaries that I know, oh yes, these are these important key points in his life, but I, I have no, yeah. what am I, what's my takeaway? Am I supposed to feel sympathetic? What I have no idea how to feel about him and his life. And then you throw this song at the end where I thought, oh, okay, this still doesn't give me any emotional resonance of what I'm supposed to be doing other than you're sort of hitting me over the head with the theme of, you know, power and capitalism and industry and all these people that, that, you know, basically he was the victim of all of these power, power players at the time, but it doesn't tell me that I'm supposed to feel, you know, sad for him that he was, you know, taken advantage of, you know, we, I, I get that, uh, I think better in the, the scene, I think it's just bef- just prior to that, of uh, where he's going, uh, where he's uh, sort of like lurking outside the tennis court, right? As uh, JP mm-hmm. uh, and his Morgan and Morgan. his you know family yep. and friends are there playing tennis, and Tesla's there to ask for more money to explain his next crazy scheme. And at that point, you look at him and think, okay, right. here's a man who's sort of at his last. He's he's at the end of his rope. He's you know, nothing has worked out right. for him. And I, I feel felt that moment. I felt something for him. It wasn't that was it wasn't right. well executed. I, you know, there, I, there were issues with that. Well, and so how did it turn around for you then in the scene after that, where he then is back in his experimental, uh, yeah. I call it a generator, right. but that, a dynamo, let's say that his experimental dynamo in Colorado. And you have the yeah. narrator and Morgan, JP Morgan's daughter, describing the fact that Tesla outlived right. them all and reaped and, and ended up reaping, you know, probably not the same right. sort of renown as Edison and maybe not the same kind of fortune, but he was never really no. poor he had access to all this stuff right. throughout his life so the interesting thing is you have the tennis court scene where you feel that he's a pitiful uh right. because of his decisions but he in many different times in this film instead of choosing a very common sense route to money to success to love to to, to attraction he chooses to be with his obsession which is his scientific discovery and i think i i mean i think it's it's really interesting to, to then turn around and see that while he had to beg to get those things funded he still got to live where he wanted to live in the heart of his electric dynamo yeah. i i mean that that's a really interesting thing and i think and again Anna's right. the one telling us this right so that's interesting to say too there's so many there's so many moments that i really wanted to connect with this film and ultimately, it, it continually just let let me down. Uh, we've we've got so much. It's yeah. an exciting era in history with with such potential and invention and innovation. And you've got these, you know, these these names. You know, you've got you know Westinghouse, and you've you've got um, the actress Sandra Bernhardt. You've Big got names. these, you know, it's he's in with right. these power players. You thought, okay, this should be very compelling, you know, story tip for us, but. It it doesn't, and I can't I can't put my finger on it of like this is where this is how it failed, and it's this one thing, but it's it's multiple things that just don't tie it together the way I 
I, I guess. Until yeah. the karaoke, I was, well, the, 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 the smartphone yes. was really yeah. hard for me. The smartphone, re- I mean, I literally stopped yes. and rewound oh, and, yes. and had to qu- qu- yeah. question myself multiple times. But so the smartphone and the, ca- the smartphone like knocked yeah. it off a half star, but the karaoke dropped it like a full oh, yeah. star, star and a half for me because it was just like, I was completely baffled at that point. I, 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 I could not figure out what the heck I was supposed to be doing as an audience member in this movie. And I think, you know, we talk about who the movie's for. You're going to have to love that sort of (laughs) WTF. I have no idea what's going on here. This is wild. How did they even think to do this? You have to love that sort of thing to be just knocked out of your gourd and watching a movie like that to really like this movie. And I assume that Ethan Hawke and Kyle MacLachlan are those kind of guys based on, based on their history in film. I mean, Kyle MacLachlan especially, but yeah, but I mean, because it, it, I mean, the choice to do that and the choice for Ethan Hawke to come out and sing that low, everybody wants to rule the world. It was just so weird and creepy and confusing. But kudos to them for throwing well, that art out there. What's interesting is that Ethan Hawke has worked with Michael Almereda, uh previously. They did a version of Hamlet right. back in 2000. Um, and I remember at that time, yeah. and I haven't seen it, but I remember it was, what was innovative about that. Um, was that this was like they moved Hamlet to the modern setting of like, like late 20th okay. century. Uh, so how do you update Shakespeare for that? And lots of people have done this, but it was very much, you know, in the city type of, of Hamlet. So right. like when we're introduced to Sarah Bernhardt in this and we get in Paris and we get a like early 2000s house beat. Yes, as the music exactly. Cue. So I think it's, <laughs> I think it's something for lack of a better term, it's a genre that they, they like to play around in. Of 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 doing sure. something that's sort yeah. of out of time. I mean, creativity, but it, it was so disruptive here that it didn't work because it there was. was another scene. Maybe at the Chicago Expedition, um, there's a scene where Tesla's leaving a meeting. Maybe it's with Westinghouse, something else. And as he's walking out, it's like the party's over in their cleaning room, and there's like the maids, and then one of them's got like a vacuum, an upright vacuum. And I thought. Did they have those then? I don't think they had those then. I'm pretty sure they didn't have upright vacuums if electricity is that new. But again, I wasn't sure where I was in time. And I thought maybe because we're at like, how could you know? Because we're at this exposition and there's all kinds of innovations. Maybe. But then I thought. Oh, did you miss the the Roomba? I'm just kidding. There wasn't a Roomba, but still, like, yeah. I mean, but your your yeah. your point yeah. is well taken. Like, how do we know right. where we are in it? It's, it's, it's so. Are there impossible. things that that worked for you in this film? Because I mean, yes, it's it's flawed, but I I always like to you know very very rarely is there a film that is like such a disaster. I say that there's nothing redeeming in it, and I think the, the beginning of this one works, and I think there are. For me, there are several moments throughout, but I wanted to see if if this was, you know, if once it went off, you just gave up on it or if there were moments throughout that maybe captured your attention briefly. Well, so rarely do I say uh, the, re- the way that I define novelty before. So rarely do I say that there's 
too much novelty or the novelty takes me out of a film. So, um, but in this case, it was that way in that what I liked most about this movie was when it was sticking to its story, whether or not that story was true. Um, the amount of novelty that got brought in uh, was confusing to me and, and became more confusing. And then, of, of course, once we got to that last moment, the karaoke moment, it was like brutal for me. I really liked when they, what they were doing in sort of the filming of the human interactions. I mentioned that first scene when Edison is telling the story and we are shooting, um, we're shooting Edison straight on or we're shooting over Edison's right shoulder to see the person on his immediate right in focus, listening to him with rapt attention because this is Edison's room. It's Edison's lab. These, you know, doing this thing. And then deep in the corner at the under, other than the table, you have a, you have a Tesla who's working, you know, sort of mind, not mindfully, but not paying attention to Edison's story as um but he's slightly out of focus and you but you can tell that you know it is ethan hawk and this it, like that kind of stuff that perspective and the way that those stories were told through dialogue and 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 visually through dialogue i really liked that and when the story was sticking to that stuff i loved it i thought the emotional moments when they were there while i didn't always understand the emotion especially in gender dynamics and romantic uh questions um because they didn't really answer any of those questions um i thought they were powerful i just was confused at where the power was being pushed so um so i really focus on if you like the sort of um chaotic art that was is going to be presented in this movie you're going to like it but on the other side if if even that's tough for you you're going to see some of the beauty in just the filmmaking aspects of this and that really harkens back to experimenter for me so when you talk about almereda that that is something that i think he does well and you're going to yeah, see that in this movie too I mean, yeah, there are those moments. And I think the film does a disservice to itself by setting itself up early on to be something that it's not going to follow through on. Because actually our our opening our opening Agreed. scene is Tesla like roller skating around. And we get we get Anne right. narrating, right. telling us about young Tesla and when he's like he's got a cat, a young you know, and he's a young boy and he's stroking the cat's fur and generates static electricity and then you know, his father explains yep. that that's like lightning and all that. And Tesla asks himself, is nature a giant cat? And if so, who strokes it back? And I thought, oh, that it's telling us something. And then it says nine years earlier. And that's where we get to Edison, you know, working in for Edison. And I thought, OK, we're going to come back to this scene. And there's going to there's going to be some emotional resonance to what with Tesla roller skating. Yes. It's going to be a big scene when we get and there. That's what you thought. Because it happens and there's there's it nothing. Isn't. And it it. It set up so many yes, expectations for that because I thought this is working so well. And even with the early scenes with Edison, it's setting up all of these things. And then it just, I want to say it, it gave up on trying to be that kind of film. Uh, it right, kind of disappears. You know, there, there's, yeah. there's scenes with Anne. There's scenes, you know, there's these character scenes and they're, they're few and far between, but there's no emotion to connect me to them at all and i guess that's where we come back to that journalistic piece of it's going to report out these things that happened to this this man and then he sang karaoke and then he died and that's that's what we have (laughs) with with tesla okay well that's i mean i he inspired joseph fears evidently because wow i mean who knew i didn't know they wrote that they they just you know this, this is one that you know yeah, as you said, if if you like the chaos, then you know, give it give it a shot. But yeah, this is one that was I can't sure. imagine coming back to. I, I there's no no reason 
No, for me, no. When yeah. I talk to people about it, it's going to be about uh, Tesla singing. Yeah, uh, right. Ex- Fierce, exactly. So. <laughs> so yeah, solid two and a half stars with with you know a few bright mm. spots. So yeah, okay. Right. Any? Uh, I think we. we I think we've. <laughs> I think we've we've drained the power out of out of this film and that's about where we are <laughs> i like it yes yeah light uh, the bulbs we're okay. ready to move on well uh <laughs> this is our first one for the next you know this upcoming batch of uh trailer rewinds and so yeah we're gonna try and do two a month and so our next uh rewind is gonna is loose l-u-c-e which is available right now on hulu and just want to thank everybody out there for listening to trailer rewind and if anything we said here entertained educated or even enraged you we'd like you to we'd like to hear about it and you can do that by joining our discord community of movie lovers you can learn more over at the next slash discord and if you're interested in supporting us to help keep the show streaming to keep the karaoke going get some you can get some great <laughs> benefits like pre-show live video chat with the film board and live streams of shows as they are happening to do that you just head over to the next slash membership well welcome to your life oh no, where, anyway. where, where's tommy you said keep the karaoke going <laughs> yes we yeah. do where's tommy when we need him we need him to record a little <laughs> tears for fear stinger for us at the end of this one well jj it's been a pleasure nice. talking about this i don't want to say unpleasant film but confusing film no it's not i guess yeah yes. confusing good work yes well yeah. look forward to talking to you for our next one see you on the next one hondo I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our Originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.